You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hey, everyone. You're listening to another episode of the All Things Private Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cassell. I'm joined today by Julie Harris, who is the founder of CEO of Green Oak Accounting, a firm that exclusively serves therapists, psychologists, and counselors in private practice. She's also an accountant, an enrolled agent, a speaker, author of Profit First for Therapists, and the host of Therapy for Your Money podcast. I am really excited to have you on here today and to talk about how to get everything in order financially, get your financial house in order in 2024 so that we're not scrambling at the end of the year to figure things out. And I think this is a topic that a lot of therapists are really intimidated by because, you know, as we always talk about what you don't know, you don't know, we're not business owners, we don't have business training and all the things. So happy to have you here and happy to have this conversation. Yeah, good to be here. Money can be a little bit scary, right? Money can be a bit scary. And we were talking <laughs> about that before we started recording. And why do you think, you know, you specialize in supporting therapists. Why do you think that is for therapists in general? I know that's a big question, but. Um, I, I think it circles back to, to guilt. Um, what I hear consistently from our clients is even at, you know in grad school, they were told you shouldn't be in it for the money. You're in it for, to help people. You, you shouldn't expect to make money in uh, in mental health. And I think that's hurtful to the field. I think it ends up uh, maybe people who would have been great therapists end up not going through with their with their degree. But there's this ingrained, like, if you're helping people, you shouldn't be making money or you shouldn't be thinking about it. And I think that's crap. I think it's crazy. You should be able to make a good living doing what you do. A surgeon doesn't feel guilty. I don't feel guilty as an accountant. Like you this is how people live. You should be able to support yourself, your family, doing the thing that is your calling, but also that you went to grad school for. Um, so I would love to to reduce that guilt somehow. Like you, you should make a good living and let's go do that. I love that. I agree 100%. I think it gets drilled into your head over and over in grad school. Like I remember, and I think a lot of us listening probably heard things that were similar to like, you don't get into this field to make money, but it was almost like a joke. And it was like this recurring statement that was constantly made and reinforced. And that if you go into community mental health, where things are like grant funded or Medicaid funded or state funded, it just gets further reinforced. Like, okay, the entirety of the world falls into these buckets or categories. So if I go out on my own, how could I ever charge a rate that would sustain me and the lifestyle that I want to have? So you almost self-sacrifice in a way of like, I'm getting my fulfillment through the work that I do. We know that that does not last long because the burnout rates are so, so high because the work mm -hmm. is so emotionally taxing. So being able to get comfortable with your money is really important and more so getting comfortable with where your money is going, right? So like we have to know how to pay taxes, how to get our, our financial houses in order because I see so many horror stories and I'm sure you see significantly more than I do of people who are like, I haven't put anything aside. 
I am going into the next year. Like I haven't paid the IRS at all. Like I don't even know what yeah. to do. And then they're on payment plans for the foreseeable future. So can you talk a little bit about some of the big things that you see show up that are really hurtful or damaging to your clients? Yeah. That, that self-sacrifice that's ingrained tends to it, it, seep into the business owner's mindset as well, right? In the sense of, well, I'll pay my clinicians really well, but I, I can't even pay myself, right? Like that's not helpful. That's not sustainable unless you have a trust fund, in which case like good for you. But right, there's just very few fringe situations where that is possible long-term. Like if you are not okay, um, the business will not be okay and cannot survive long-term, right? So there's these decisions sometimes that are made without really regard to what's best for the business. And sometimes you have to say no to things, not because you're, you're a mean boss, but because you have the, the, the thing that you have to protect the most is the business. So sometimes at the detriment of you having to say like, no, I cannot give you a raise right now because the business cannot afford that. And the most important thing is the business to, to continue to live on, right? If the business continues on, can survive next year, next week, next month, that is in service of everyone around you, your team, your clients, yourself. And that is what does the most good versus like sacrificing for one specific person or for, for your clinicians at the detriment of then like the business is going under. That helps a lot less people than just saying no, even if maybe someone will leave at some point, right? Maybe, maybe there's a point where you can't give everyone on your team everything that they want. Um, and Patrick, I mean, you have a team of 20, like sometimes people leave and that's just the way it is. And it, it sucks. And I wish it didn't happen. But like, that's just the reality of being a business owner, but you can't make decisions based on the welfare of one person at the detriment of, of the business or yourself, even as a business owner. I love that you say that because that, that allows you to zoom out a bit instead of focusing so much on like being in the day to day, almost in crisis mode to your business, right? Like we're just constantly yeah fires and responding to the immediacy. This actually brings up a thought for me. So <clears throat> I had a team meeting last week and we were talking about no-show fees and cancellations, which is always a wonderful conversation in the therapy world. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, listen, I ran payroll while our admin was out of town and I noticed so many no-show fees that we just did not charge or collect for. Yeah. We processed that for a while, why this is happening. And someone asked like, well, is this more about the fact that you want us to get paid or that you want the business to get paid? And I was like, well, both, right? Because I clearly want the clinician to get paid. You don't get paid if we don't bring in money, but the business cannot be sustainable and stay afloat. And we cannot support thousands of people in Western North Carolina if we don't collect our fees because I can't give you PTO. I can't give you health insurance if we don't collect fees. Like that's not an both of those things have to be true. So I think it is about that mindset of the realization we have to treat our businesses like businesses. And for yes. the majority of therapists, that's a very foreign concept. Like that's not familiar, not comfortable. It makes them feel like, oh, that makes me feel like I'm in capitalism. We live in a fucking capitalist society. You yes. have to treat your business like a business. Like no one is coming to save you if your business is not making money, right? That's the reality. And and 50% of businesses or 48.9% of businesses fail within five years. Like this is exactly the kind of stuff that will that will do that. And in, in therapy, if you if someone no shows, you can't just put that hour back on the shelf and sell it later, right? It is gone. It is gone forever. And you have a certain inventory of like these are the hours that we have available to sell. 
And if someone disregards that, throws it on the ground, right? Like you can't sell it again. So that's why, yeah, those, those no-show fees are are really important. It also helps train your client. Like you have to show up. This is this is what you need to do to get better, but also we will charge you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like yeah. my questions reframe where it was like talking about the fact to your clients, like we only have X amount of slots per week, right? And if you don't show up consistently, that is a time slot that could be better used to help someone who will show up. And I yeah. think it's about getting into that mindset, which is applicable throughout. So that's one thing that I see. I like that you mentioned a lot of practice owners who are operating in like the red, probably more so, and also the black. You don't see them taking profit. I see so many group practice owners that I coach who are like, I haven't paid myself in six months. That to me is such a demoralizing feeling because I know the stress behind the scenes of operating a group practice where I am constantly worried about, are my staff happy? Do they have what they need to feel supported? Are they getting paid enough to to live their lives, like more yeah. so than just coming to work? So there's a lot of stress and overwhelm behind the scenes. And then to hear like, I can't pay myself, that's problematic. Yeah, for for many reasons, including like, how are you paying for, you know, what's going on behind the scenes? Are you putting your groceries on credit cards that you're then not paying, right? Like there is a, a, a runway to that where at, cer- at a certain point, there is no more debt to accrue, uh, right? Maybe maybe that's possible for a longer time because you have a spouse that is that is bringing in income to the household and you're able to live on that, in which case you, that runway might be longer, but it's also a symptom that something is going on in the business, right? If you are not able to pay yourself and you're doing full-time work in the business, that's a symptom that something is, is not right. Um, and so actually looking at what's going on is really, really helpful here. And I know a lot of, of, of practice owners have avoidance when it comes to their money. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to look. I don't, it doesn't feel right. Or I, I don't know where to start, right? It feels overwhelming. But when you kind of make a habit out of it and say on Friday mornings, I spend 30 minutes looking at what happened this week, how much money is in all the accounts, what's going on. Um, that is really helpful. And it's nice, a good muscle to work as a business owner, but then it becomes kind of this normal thing of, oh, I see the ebb and flow of the money in my in my business. This is how much revenue we brought in this week, right? You look at the EHR, look at the bank account, look at your profit and loss if it's somewhat up to date, right? Or look at it for last month, just kind of starting to, to get used to those things so that you're not waiting till the end of the year, doing everything in one fell swoop and then being surprised by what you see, right? That's not a good thing. If you're surprised in January, like, oh, wait, I thought we were doing okay, but we didn't actually make any money. That's not good. That That's not a good place to, to be. Yeah. It's not a good place to be and it's far too common. So really trying yeah. to have this conversation today, help all of you who are listening for the calendar year with some strategies of things that you can immediately start doing and implementing because I know so many practitioners, whether you're a private practice owner, a group practice owner, et cetera, a contractor at a group practice who are burying your heads in the sand about your money, especially when it comes to paying your taxes, especially when it comes to looking at profit loss, especially when it comes to figuring out your monthly budget of where your money's going. So Julie, can you give us some tips, some strategies for those who are listening who are like, okay, we just made it through the new year. (laughs) It was overwhelming. I don't want to feel this way again. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, this this episode is airing in January. Um, 
your taxes are not due until April, right? So today is a great time to start saving money for taxes if you have not started yet. The best time was last year, but that day has passed. You, we can't go back. So January is still better than February, March, April, right? Um, and looking at what's going on is the key. Avoiding your taxes for five years, just create this big, big, big monster of a problem in, in five years. The number just gets that much bigger. Um, one of the common mistakes, unfortunately, that we do see, especially new practice owners make in that first year of practice is not saving for taxes. Um, and sometimes that can follow them, that tax burden, it's not going away. It follows them for multiple years to come, right? They're all, they'll often go on either a six month, a one year, a three year payment plan. Uh, but that follows it because then then you're in that situation where you're paying last year's debt, plus you're trying to get ahead and save for this year's debt. So if you're just if you're listening and you're just getting started, like this is a great time to start today and put something aside for taxes um, on a regular basis. I'm obviously a fan of of the profit first system. That's why I wrote uh, profit first for therapists. That's a, a nice, easy way to save for taxes. But even if you're not implementing profit first, if you have just a separate bank account, a savings account where you're sliding money over on a regular basis, when you pay yourself, slide some money over, save for taxes, you will be in such a better position than if you're just kind of living with living on what the business makes and not thinking uh, ahead of taxes are, are coming, whether you want it or not, the IRS is going to get its money. And it's better to file your tax return, set up a plan than for them to just come take it out of your bank account, which they can do. There's not a lot of entities that can you know, help themselves from your bank account. The IRS absolutely can do that. They'll send you a lot of love letters first, but <laughs> right. they can come take your money. And we're not trying to scare you with this. Like we um, just want to prepare you because no, it's important, right? Like to start facing this stuff now instead of saying okay it's april and another deadline has passed and now i have to like get prepared for three months from now for my next installment or quarterly tax situation mm -hmm. so just trying to face this and i i think if you are like okay i don't have any money to pay my taxes something is better than nothing like putting Absolutely. some instead of just saying like eh, we'll deal with it next week or next pay period Yes, absolutely. So saving something and then also paying something with your tax return, like both of those things are really, really helpful. And then um, if you are getting communication from the IRS, open it and read the letter. I, I cannot tell you how many times I've I've uh, been on on Zoom with a client over the years where they're like, hey, I have this stack of, of IRS letters that I have not opened like, you guys, you have to open it. You have to open it and tell us what is in those letters so we can do something about it. There are deadlines, right? So just just tackling the thing, just open the letter, look at what's going on. Um, but Patrick, this is truly, like, this is a no judgment zone, right? Um, we've worked with clients who are in all different kinds of, of situations. Um, I've had a client come come work with us who had not filed taxes for 10 years, right? Like, that is it's something that happens. As accountants, like, that is a normal thing. It's not like something we see every day, but like it happens. And our job is just to get people on the right track. It's not to judge. We just want you to, to be on the right um, track. So speaking of that, I guess my next tip would be, I always, always recommend that business owners work with a tax professional to file their taxes. Um, I'm okay with them doing their own bookkeeping for a while if they have to, right from a, a budgeting standpoint, like if you've got to do that on your own, go ahead, do that. 
but you don't know what you don't know. And so when you're, do you're doing your own bookkeeping and also filing your own taxes, there is literally no one who's looking over your shoulder saying like, this is wrong. You're not doing this right. And um, business taxes are a lot more complex than just, um, you know, filing through TurboTax if you're an employee for someone else, right? If you have a W-2 and you're not self-employed, knock yourself up with TurboTax, you've got my blessing. But if you're a business owner, there's just a lot more to it. And I want you to work with someone who can help you see around the corner uh, because mistakes are just so expensive as well. And usually a tax preparer will pay for itself in that way. Like if you're just avoiding a mistake, um, that can easily cost you thousands of dollars uh, in penalties. And so it's really, really helpful for that. And, and I say that even though my team and I, we don't do tax only work. So it's it's not benefiting me at all. But like I think you should have a tax preparer that's in your corner that's saying like, hey, Patrick, here are the things that are coming up this year. Here are some new changes, right? That is just kind of looking out for you as a business owner. Um, I mean, that will pay for itself in no time. Uh, and just like having a lot of other professional vendors on your side, right? I think as you progress with past those first couple of months as a business owner, you probably need a business attorney, maybe an HR professional, if you have uh, team members, right? Like just people who know what who are who are experts in their specific field that are part of your professional team and that make you a better business owner too. And now pause for a word from our sponsors. Most of you who are listening are probably private or group practice owners. I know how important it is to save money in your business. And I also know how important it is to have live quality, responsive customer service. That's why we switched our entire group practice from a well-known EHR to therapy notes last year. If you're coming from another EHR, Therapy Notes makes the transition incredibly easy, importing your demographic data free of charge so you can get going right away. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot.com and Google. Find out what more than 100,000 mental health professionals already know and try Therapy Notes for two months absolutely free. Just go to therapynotes.com and enter promo code ATPP. They also have e-prescription software available and included, meaning that you do not have to have separate platforms for your medical billers and your medication management team. This is incredibly helpful and it makes sure that everything feels streamlined. Go to therapynotes.com and enter promo code ATPP. And now, pause for a word from our sponsors. From new patients faced with an empty lobby and no idea where to find their therapist to clinicians with a session running overtime and the doorbell ringing, some of the most anxiety-ridden moments of a therapy appointment happen before a session even starts. This episode's sponsor, The Receptionist for iPad, helps you tackle some of that pre-appointment apprehension and anxiety. The Receptionist for iPad is an easy-to-use digital client check-in system that helps your visitors check in securely to their appointments and notify their practitioners of their arrival via SMS, email, or your preferred channel. No more confusion, endless lobby checking, or having clients sign in on paper logbooks. It can even help you upgrade and update your demographic information for your clients as well and even validate parking. Start a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash private practice. Make sure to start your trial with that link, and you'll also get your first month free if you decide to sign up. I could not agree more, and I'm so glad you named that because so often I see in all the Facebook groups, including my own, where it's like, 
I'm starting my business. I have these tax questions or these legal or these legal questions, but I'm going to try to figure them out myself. Or I'm going to ask a Facebook group full of therapists what their opinions are. And opinions are fine, but they're opinions and they're not trained professionals to answer the questions that a lot of people are asking. So I think you have to have that almost like boardroom <laughs> made up of the people who you have in yes. your corner to help you save money, to help you allocate money, to help you um, secure your future and your retirement to help you, like you said, not make these common mistakes that we so often can make if we're doing everything on our own. We talked about like outsourcing and delegating before we started recording, but having a trained tax professional feels like a no brainer to me. And I'm always shocked when people are like, yeah, I'm just going to handle it myself or my, my partner's going to do it. Or like, I'm going to figure it out as I go. And it's like, this is a major opportunity for you to, to really prevent something bad from happening in the future. And this is almost like the start of picking up the shovel to start digging the hole if you are unwilling to kind of go through the motions of finding someone who you can work with. And I think that's a really, really important part of owning a business. It is. And, and um, one of my, my few soapboxes is Facebook groups. I mean, they're so, they can be so, so, so helpful. But at the number of times I've seen someone post like, oh, I have this specific tax question um, and people jump in with the very best of intentions, right? Therapists are helpers, like they want to help someone out. And I think that's so beautiful. But if your advice is incorrect, you don't have all the facts and circumstances. And I mean, the repercussions of that is is huge. One example, the ever popular, oh, should I be an escort? Um, people will jump in and say like, oh, yeah, you definitely should. Well, like, you did not ask what state are you in? There are very, very significant state differences where in some states it might make all the sense in the world. In other states, you should not do that. Um, but that question isn't even asked, right? So you don't, you're, you're, you're getting advice that may or may not be incorrect. So you may be saving a couple hundred dollars by not going to uh, someone who actually knows how to answer this question correctly, but you're costing yourself thousands of dollars in taxes that you wouldn't have had to otherwise pay on the back end. Um, this time of year, we're seeing a lot of benefits questions like, should I be on my company health insurance or not? Like, where is it deducted? Like, that depends on the entity. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, ifs, ands, or buts here. And an accountant's favorite answer is it depends because it really does typically depend the our answer on your specific facts and circumstances for your business, right? So we would ask a lot of follow-up questions and say like, well, What's the situation in your household? What's going on over here? Blah, blah, blah. Like there's a lot of different things that go into to answering something. And so just be careful, listeners, <laughs> about the answers that you get on Facebook. And if that's where you're starting because you're then going to your tax preparer, awesome, amazing, great. Like you've got some contacts, you've got some questions to ask, perfect. But that cannot be your only source of, of, of information for tax or legal advice. Please, please, please. I agree 100%. And, you know, <laughs> use my Facebook group when you're like, I don't know how to create my niche or I need help with my website or like I need networking strategies. Great. Don't use a group of 11,000 therapists to answer your task, tax questions. Like just like most accountants aren't going to come to a group of therapists and ask them how to file their taxes. So just really make sure that you're using the appropriate resources that are available to you because everyone's situation is individually specific. And that's why like so often my answer to so many questions is it depends. Like you're asking a question about insurance, you know, policy and procedure in California. It depends. I live in North Carolina. I don't know the answer. So 
it's just, I think it's important to look at it from that perspective. Okay, so we're talking about paying your quarterly taxes, get hiring mm-hmm. a trained tax professional. What else comes to mind that feels like, okay, I want to get, 2024 needs to be the year where I set myself up for success. Okay. I would say that comparison is the thief of joy. There is no perfect sized practice. And again, my team and I, we've seen thousands of practices of every size, right? From startup to multi-million dollar practice. Every size has its own set of problems. They have their own doubts. They have their own issues. The, the the challenges that you're facing just shift as the business grows, right? Maybe a solo practice is, is um, at, at the very beginning is struggling with like, how do I get clients in the door, right? And then as you grow towards um, 10, cl- 10 plus clinicians, maybe you have good, strong mechanisms there to attract new clients, but then you're, then it's the recruiting machine that's broken where you're, you're um, constantly having to recruit and maybe it's not going well, right? There's a, uh, other other types of challenges, or maybe you're struggling with managing the size team that you now have, right? And now you're needing leadership. How do I find that? What do I do? So uh, you can make money at literally any stage of of practice. And, and so this time of year, we often will hear things like, "Oh, I, I my goal for 2024 is to get to 500 thousand or a million dollars or whatever it may be." And those are 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 great goals, but they sometimes can be vanity metrics. If we're just looking at that and not at like, what is your lifestyle? What are you actually getting to take home? What is left when you're done? Because I'd much rather see a $300,000 practice where the owner is living their best life. They're getting paid well. They're working the hours that they would like to work. They're seeing the number of clients that they'd like to see than a million dollar practice that is barely breaking even, barely, barely, where I mean, those that the the cash going out for payroll is so big there, right? Your your uh, error, your margin for error is just so razor thin. Uh, if if you're not making any money, right, fifty grand is going out each time you run payroll, and there's thousand dollars left in the bank. Oh, that makes that 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 stresses me out, right? And I know the business owner is stressed out. So I, I'd like to to think about it more of a a lifestyle question of like, what life do you want to live? What um, how much money do you need to be comfortable to live your your ideal life, right? Like, what are those numbers? So just even looking at what are these numbers? What does it take for me to live? Because Patrick, a lot of therapists don't know what that number is, right? Like, how much does it cost to run your household? When you ask that question, a lot of people have no idea. Um, so I, I like for, for practice owners to have kind of two numbers. One is the the basics, like you're covering your mortgage, rent, car, car payment, gas, food on the table, right? Kind of the, the normal things. And what is the the really nice to have where you're maybe going on a couple of trips per year or doing a weekend away and a family trip and you're getting to do maybe hobbies that you really enjoy, right? Like things like that. So that you can see how what what does my practice need to be to support those things, right? When you know your bare bones number, then you also know if you're in trouble. Uh, but then you can work your way towards that that best life number um, that you honestly deserve. You just do. Yeah, I agree 100%. When I was doing my coaching programs, like that is where we start. Here's the number that you need to know of like, this is the number I need to make to keep my lights on, to pay my bills, to take care of my basic needs. Here's the number of, this is how many weeks of PTO I want to take. 
Mm-hmm. This is how many trips I want to take, trainings, etc. The things you want to do, the reasons you start your business. Really understanding the difference that we need to know both numbers and both are equally as important. And then that gives us that kind of barometer or that like foundation where it's like, now I know where to go from here. And that is so important, like when we're talking about it from this perspective about like rate setting, because for example, for most therapists, they're like, what does everyone charge in my area? That's what I'm going to charge. And it's like, well, no, again, this is individually dependent, your rates and your fees. Sure, we should take a look and do some market research, but we should really be basing our rates on what do I need to make to sustain the lifestyle that I want to have or I need to have. And then you start to do the math opposed to like, I went on psych today and I looked at everyone's pages. So this is where I fall in. And it's like, well, that you don't know any of those situations. And most of those people are probably just duplicating that process that you are doing now. So there's no way to actually determine how much we should set up our fees for. So again, this just goes back to the most therapists have zero business training and understanding. So I think it's just important to make it as simple as possible. And comparison is the thief of joy. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes for that million dollar practice. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes for that hundred thousand dollar practice. So like, I think it's just important to stay the course, focus on yourself, focus on your needs. What do you want out of this career? Opposed to thinking like, what am I supposed to be doing? Because when we get into that, like, what am I supposed to be doing mentality? When I started my group practice, we're going up on three years now. I never expected like I'd have 20 full-time employees, two office managers, whatever. And now when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, what's next year going to look like? Are we going to hit 40 or we're going to hit 50? I really don't know. But I don't ever feel like I'm in this mentality of I'm supposed to do it this way. I want to make sure our culture is cohesive. I want to make sure people are taken care of, that we have enough clients coming in to go around. And that's really it. And then you can start building off of that, opposed to saying, well, other group practice owners in the area have 30 employees. I think I'm supposed to do that. That's yeah, where you can really start to stumble. Yeah. Yeah. The shoulds are really what can tend to get you in trouble or right of like, oh, I should do this or like others are doing that. So I should do it uh, too. And and in the Facebook groups can, can be a little bit uh, to blame here where like you see, oh, these people are doing really well, right? Or look like they're doing really well as an accountant i've seen under the hood of thousands of practices things are not always what they seem is is the only thing i will say there right like just because it looks great doesn't always mean uh mean that it is but that's also not like where what is what is actually true to you um it seems like buying a building is one of those shoulds that kind of comes in, it, it comes in waves where we'll have all of a sudden like five clients say, oh, so-and-so bought a building. So I feel like I should buy a building. We're like, is that actually in line with your goals? Like, is that some, do you, do you want that? Like, wh- tell me, tell me more. What is the actual reasoning, reasoning behind this? And sometimes it makes sense. And a lot of times it, it doesn't, right? If, if that will spend your very last dollar and that means you have absolutely no cushion, that is a bad idea. You are better uh, off paying rent where you have a lot of flexibility too, right? Where if, if if this space no longer fits your needs, you can move somewhere else. Once you buy a building, you're kind of locked in. Like what if your business outgrows that building? Like yep. good luck, right? Commercial real estate does not move the same way that 
um, that residential real estate moves. Like that's just one of of many, many examples, but it's a, a funny, funny one because it often feels like a should, right? Like, oh, well, other successful business owners are doing this. So it feels like I should also. I'm like, do you though? Do you? You don't, you do not, you do not have to. You can do whatever, um, whatever feels true to you. Um, and speaking of like living your best life and looking at the numbers, I have a whole chapter uh, in my book, Profit First for Therapist, on reverse engineering your business to meet your life. So looking at what do you need to live and then reverse engineering your business to sustain that. Because sometimes we what we find is the business owner is frustrated. They're, they're feeling like, oh, I'm working so hard. Why is this not working? Sometimes because you're trying to jam a square peg into a round hole where you're trying to get something out of your business that it literally cannot provide you, right? For example, you're seeing 10 clients a week at $125 uh, dollars in, uh, per client per session, and you're expecting to make 200000 in that year. Like the math does not add up. Your business cannot give that to you. But this is what it can give to you, or this, these are the things that you can do. If the, if the two hundred thousand is the important thing, here are the things that you can do to get to that to that point. Are you willing to do those? Right. So it's all a, a whole lot of decisions, but the the math has to make sense, right? And and so just looking at like, does this math add up? Yes or no? There's a lot of peace in knowing that, right? Of like, okay, this is not doable. What is doable? Am I okay with that, or do I want to change something? Absolutely. I agree 100%. Sometimes the math ain't mathin, and that's true. And I think we have to just get more comfortable talking about the math and looking at the numbers. <laughs> just the, math, the numbers don't lie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can't outthink them. Um, it's, it's they don't have an down. agenda. They are what they are. Yeah. And like, and this is like second grade math, right? So it's not even if we're just taking pen to paper and looking at what's my average fee per session. Uh, sometimes you don't want to get lost in the minutia, right? Of like, oh, well, this, this panel gives me this, this much, just have, what's the average fee per session? What's the number of, uh, sessions on average per week in the business, right? Not, oh, this week is lower that week. Is, oh, it was, it was Thanksgiving. No, what's the, let's just look, what's the average, right? That gives you some really solid numbers. A forecast is always going to be wrong, because it's a forecast, we don't have an actual crystal ball, but like it gives you a good idea of what are what things need to be true uh, for something to be possible. And if that specific week you have ten no shows, well, then obviously that's not going to be possible that week. But like we can get as close as we can. Absolutely, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I hope this episode was helpful for all of you, and I know that there's a lot more to it as you go on, but. The main takeaway is I really hope you can incorporate if you haven't already, if you're sitting here thinking like, fuck, I haven't done any of this and I feel ashamed about it. There's no shame here. Like Julie said, literally no shame, no shame yeah. at all. An accountant is here to help you. You know, a, a, a professional tax person is here to help you. They're not here to shame you. They're not here to make you feel judged the same way we don't do that with our clients. So you're not alone. And that's why we're talking about this is the fact that we just see it far too often. And I think it's really important to just take control this year, starting now with your situation. Do not wait until December 31st, 2024. Really start thinking about what changes can I make? How can I make my plan? How can I make my roadmap? Who are the people I can hire to help me? So that this does not have to be as stressful as it's been in the past. And if you're doing all these things, then kudos to you and you're ahead of the game. And yeah. I think that's important to acknowledge too. And Patrick, I also want to 
mentioned, you don't need to fix anything before working with a tax preparer. Just like when a client comes to you, you don't expect them to have read all the self-help books and have done a bajillion hours of research online. Like you want them to just show up as they are because you're going to take them wherever they are. So the same applies for accounting. You don't need to try to fix it or try to get it right. Like we will, we can do that for you. Like don't, you know, wade through the muck if you don't want to. There are professionals that can do all of that for you and you don't have to change anything. Just come as you are with what you have and we can meet you right there. I love that. I really, really love that. That's a great sentiment to end on and a really good conversation with good information. So I hope this was helpful for everyone. Julie, thanks so much for coming on and making the time and please share with the audience where they can find more of you. I would love to. Uh, You can find my team and I at greenoakaccounting.com. You can find there are courses. We have a couple of new courses that are uh, self-paced. So you can do them on your own time. We have uh, monthly ongoing accounting services as well. So you can find out more about scheduling a consultation with us there. Um, And then you can also find uh, my book, Profit First for Therapists uh, on Amazon or any of the popular booksellers. Awesome. And you have a podcast as well, correct? I do. My podcast is Therapy for Your Money. We talk about all things money specifically for private practice. Thanks for reminding me of that. (laughs) I want everyone to get all of this information. All of that information will also be in the show notes that you have easy access to everything that Julie just listed. Uh, Julie, thanks so much for coming on and making the time. This was great. Thanks for having me. And to everyone listening to the All Things Private Practice podcast, new episodes are out every single Saturday on all major platforms and YouTube. Like, download, subscribe, and share. Doubt yourself. Do it anyway. We'll see you next week. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.